Hey, everybody. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey. And look at this gorgeous thing sitting next to me. Not Mike. It's my wife. <laughs> and guys, if you have never, ever seen Carrie speak, preach, pray, whatever, she is uh, obviously awesome. She's also the vice president of this whole this whole Shindig. thing, this whole thing, thing like the, the, Ma- the, the I always say, like, the I conglomerate. do all the work and Massey's just the shiny object of our ministry. That's <laughs> let's let's be clear. You just dissed me. No, you're a shiny object, babe. You do all the work. What do, what do I do? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, OK, so guys, go to the self-evident. They all know. <laughs> go to the self-evident truth dot com. You guys can find out more information about what we're doing. You guys can actually subscribe to our podcast off of the self-evidenttruths.com. Also, what also. just came out, babe, last a couple days ago? What, what just what just happened? Ah, so our 15 week, is it 15 week or 14? 15 week, 14. Consti- 14 week constitution course is officially out and it is live. So oh. if you go, <laughs> if oh. you go to our website and you can click on our shop and you will find our constitution course, you can sign up now. We have a two week limited time sign up special for $99 and then the price goes up. Um, so now is the time to sign up for those of you who have pre-registered and signed up. You just simply log into your account and sign up with your um, login information on our teachable account. Come on, somebody so It's going to be good. So here it is, guys. We're, 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 we're in some new territory now. Uh, Mike is not Mike is here. He just wanted a day off for something. I don't even know. So he's just gone. He's just back there somewhere. So he's just. He's just Pizza. living his best life right now. Mm-hmm. So, guys, we're going to talk uh, just a couple of news bits before we bring in our guests. We've got some really cool guests. Yeah. Um, we've been working with them for about, what, four years, maybe three years now, three, four years uh, yeah. that I've been going there. Yeah. But then we started really officially working with them two and a half, maybe years ago. Three. Yeah, close to three years now. Uh, so, guys, we're excited to have them on because there's a lot to talk about in the way of choice. Um, I, I think I think more and more as we're seeing uh 2019 2020 2021 changed the game for mm-hmm. people yeah and dude in parents a good way. yeah parents found out they could actually do this they don't need to send their kids to a public school right or even a private school right and these guys run the entire great homeschool conventions we're, we're excited to have them on so uh bear with us on that one but let's get into this right away there's a trucker thing going on in canada carrie said <laughs> okay <laughs> she Listen. comes in she goes are we gonna cover the trucker thing i was like <laughs> let me lead that one huh <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so there's obviously a protest, but there's there's there are so many trucks up there, so many people protesting, yeah. and there's pictures, and I, I I didn't put them up because obviously you know people want to debate this stuff, but there are literal like camera uh, camera people pointing in the opposite direction of the protest, saying it's not well attended when they got thousands of mm-hmm. people in the back. Yeah. Uh, when when you have state run government media, I don't care who you are, you're gonna get one side of the story. But not only that. You're going to get a twisted side of the story and you're going to get a brainwashed side of the story. And so what's been happening now is uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but yesterday I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday mm-hmm. where GoFundMe sees millions of dollars in trucker protest funds. Wow. So they were going to take all their funds and say, well, we're, we're not supportive of that protest. So we're just going to give it to charities if they don't want to refund. We're just going to give it to our charities that we that because that, that's not going to encourage them to continue protesting. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the narrative, right? Look at the narrative is. We're not agreeing with you. You can use our thing, but we're going to take your money. Capitalism, do your thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then uh, they had this huge upswell. I want to read this uh, to you guys. Uh, after radical leftists in San Francisco, this was actually on Zero Hedge. If you guys like a, need a news source, go to zerohedge.com, uh, Zero Hedge. So uh, go ahead and look that up. 
after radical leftists in San Francisco who operate GoFundMe seized millions of dollars from Canadian Freedom Convoy and vowed to refund donations to donors upon request or disperse the funds to credible charities, credible charities like Black Lives Matter, Greenpeace. You know, wow. so like in the Internet was absolutely mental Friday night about the crowdsourcing platform's decision. Uh, Ezra uh, uh, Levant equated GoFundMe's decision as stealing the money. He yeah. said crowdsourcing platform should have automatically refunded its donors. Well, guess what? They they released a statement yesterday after all that stuff that was coming in. Right. GoFundMe supports peaceful protests. And we believe that was the intention of the Freedom Convoy. Right. Listen, uh, the Freedom Convoy 22 fundraiser, 2022 fundraiser when it was first created. However, as a result of multiple discussions with local law enforcement and police reports of violence and other unlawful activity, the Freedom Convoy fundraiser's turn has been removed from the GoFundMe platform. So wait a second. They're getting threats of protests and violence, right? They're saying that the Freedom Convoy is turning pro- uh, violent and, 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 yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But they support BLM, who right. literally destroyed businesses. Right. We don't even know if those uh, things that are happening in this protest are coming from the truckers. Right. It could be from outside people infiltrating. As a matter of fact, there's video all over the place of people saying, look at this guy. Why is his face all covered up? Yeah. Why won't he show himself? Why is he just walking through like this, Right. So what you're seeing is they're saying it went it, it started off as peaceful and then it started to get violent. They supported uh, that that chop city in, in, in Seattle. You know, the, the, the whole. Uh, oh. You, oh, you know, what I'm saying? huh? Chaz. Yeah, Chaz. There you go. But that, that whole they, they supported that. They supported Black Lives Matter, which we know has become violent over yeah. and over. And by the way, did you know Black Lives Matter stopped covid? Remember <laughs> those protests stopped covid. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say something completely different on this whole that it's in going on in Canada. And what sparked me last night to think about the whole concept of it is in Canada is it proves that freedom is not an American issue. Come on, freedom baby. Freedom is a God given issue. I remember we were at actually one of the conventions we're speaking with. Um, the deans who run the great homeschool conventions. We were at a convention in Texas and somebody came up to me and then we were sitting at our table talking and he said, but how do you correlate the concept of being involved in government and politics in America with being a Christian? Because isn't like being involved, highly involved in a, all about America and freedom idolatry. And at the time when we were in Texas, they had just started the protest in Cuba. And I said, why don't you go say that to the people protesting in Cuba that you just what freedom is idolatry. You just that's idolatry. Come on, babe. Freedom is not an American issue. It's a God given issue. That's why they're protesting in Canada. That's why they protest in Venezuela. That's why they protest in Cuba. And so the concept that they're actually doing this just proves it's not idolatry. We don't have an I we don't I, idolize freedom. I mean, that is just the. I mean, I can't even like that's so small minded to say the reason he was asking, he said, because his pastor was super involved in politics and government. And then he felt God convict him um, to preach the gospel. And so now he only preaches the gospel. He doesn't get involved. And it's like, how do you how do you marry the two in the Old Testament? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Prophets doesn't even make sense. Right. With the Moses was idolatrous for seeking freedom. So what it is, too, is like, you know, how the Bible says covet earnestly the gifts. Right. And then you would prophesy. Well, there's a lot of people who operate in the prophetic, right? And the the problem is we can make anything idolatrous. Yeah, that, right. That right. pastor probably made it an idol where he got convicted right. and said, hey, I got to pull out. Well, there's a lot of people that are fighting in the politic realm that make it an idol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we make people idols. Right. We make our favorite uh, uh, politician an idol. We make, <laughs> make ministry idol. Mi- dude, I'm guilty of that. I've yeah. made ministry an idol before where it took consume my thought, my emotions and consume mm-hmm. my family. Right. Yeah. So I made it an idol. Right. So 
just because it looks good. And I was out preaching the gospel too. Guys, listen, when I made ministry and idol, I was out preaching. Right. I was out doing the work of God. I was doing all the right things, but it consumed my life. I made that thing the idol and I had to give it up for a minute, right? Just right. to pull back, right. but it didn't take me out of the game. It only right. strengthened me to be in the game to show me that God is the one who fights the battle, not me. We make it an idol when we start to fight the battle instead of the Lord. Right. No, that's exactly. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes to all of that, which actually kind of leads us into why we're even doing this show in the concept of fighting mm. for our liberty. We've talked to multiple groups. I mean, obviously, we started with self-evident with the intent. Look, I just want to give kids what no one ever told us. Truth. I mean, it's so simple. People are like, what's your five-year plan? What's your three-year plan? I don't know. I just want to give kids what no one ever told us. Right. And that's why we started this. And obviously, it's branched out into churches and, you know, Patriot groups. But um, we've talked about this so many times at Patriot groups that the best way – so let me back up and say, as Christians, conservatives, we have been so much on the defense for so long. We've never been on the offense in our – in our works, in our moving forward in the concept of conservative liberty and preaching and reaching out. And now we hear all these talks about like, we need to be on the offense as conservatives. We need to be on the offense. And it's like, uh, yeah, you think, but like <laughs> to me, we've talked about this so many times at these churches and uh, these groups that for the, years, for years, that the best way to be on the offense is to reach the youth. Because I, and I hate to make this an us versus them thing, but like the left has figured out that you need to reach the youth and yeah. the best way to be on the offense is to reach the youth. We, we, the youth, we've talked about this cons or this, uh, was it a Barner research yeah. statistic yep. that less than one percent, uh, one half of 1% of church funding yes. goes to youth and churches, less than one half of 1% of church funding goes to youth. And I don't know if those numbers, is that right? Did I say that right? Yes. I don't know if those numbers are exactly accurate. And it's not, and it's a, that's it's a broad, an average. Yeah, it's an average, it's a yeah. broad brush. But we travel into churches all the time and we see that to be true. We see that and we do patriot groups and conservative Republican groups. And we see that to be true, that our youth are left basically to the wolves. And so with that, we are doing a show today specifically on homeschooling. But before you continue on that, could you guys take a moment to share this video with your friends, no. please? And I want to give a shout out to Gloria Tucker, who said, truck, yeah. <laughs> I love Gloria. And then Amy Pritchett, <laughs> she said this to, you, to what you were saying. She said, seeking freedom is like breathing. Yeah. It's right. That's a great way right. to say it. Seeking freedom is like breathing. Yeah. Right. So. Um, <laughs> Gloria's sending hearts like, <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to, um, yeah. So we're doing a show on youth and homeschooling, specifically homeschooling. So we got involved, Massey said three years ago, I think it's four years ago now, um, with an organization outreach called great homeschool conventions. And they're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they've been going for 14 years, um, when they started out of a church in Ohio and so we just wanted to bring them on. They kind of know the ins and outs of homeschooling. They do, um, at one point, we're doing up to seven conventions all over the nation in seven different states, and which is an amazing accomplishment um, in and of itself. But I think their biggest accomplishment is that they homeschooled their own three children, and they are amazing human beings and have um, amazing, successful careers. And so we just wanted to bring them on and welcome them. So if you guys would welcome Brennan and Mary Jo Dean. From the Great Homeschool Convention. What's up? You got hey there. Good morning. <laughs> Great hey. to be here with you guys. Really, uh, Neat. really honored to uh, to get to participate. Certainly, yeah. uh, we are certainly big fans of everything that you guys do, and 
self-evident ministries and, and your heart and your passion and your hard work. And, uh, and it's an honor to be with you here this morning. Well, we're awesome. excited. Go ahead. So was that number correct? 14 years? I think that is correct. Yeah. Okay. So I just like wanted it, you yeah. to share first a little bit about why you guys started the great homeschool conventions and then how you started, because it was super grassroots at first. I be mean, it still is, but be before they say that, I know I'm keep cutting you off, but like, do you guys see Who's Brennan? Doing this interview? Wait, wait, Brennan's a stud and Mary Jo's just beautiful. <laughs> look at that. That dude's got that look, right? Like that. I need to go be a politician in a good way, a statesman. I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> no, we uh so yeah, we did homeschool. Um the the homeschool conventions were were a bit of an outgrowth of that. So I had spent some time in the Christian music business uh, as a manager and as a promoter. And some of the people that I worked with um, were homeschooling their kids. Um, and as we had our first baby and we're thinking about that, that sort of helped me because the, the first thing that I was worried about as we, as we even discussed homeschooling, I was worried about um, his interaction with other kids, you know, that whole social, uh, you know, socializing your kids question that comes up. Oh my gosh, what are you going to do? You know, lock them in a cage and keep them in the basement, that kind of a thing. So, so it was nice for me to, to, uh, to see some very normal people homeschooling and their kids were really normal, you know, just, you know, the, the, the boys were good old rambunctious, you know, red blooded American boys. Um, and then we went, uh, we went to a homeschool convention in another state, not in, not in the state of Ohio. Um, and as we left that homeschool convention with, with no disrespect intended, they did a, they, they did a, a good job. Um, but on the way home, we were just comparing notes and I had, I had come out of, um, a background where I was used to producing, you know, big shows in, in, you know, in big churches and theaters and arenas. Um, and I just thought, I thought, you know what, we could, um, I think we could maybe even do, you know, something a little bit different mm -hmm. um, in Cincinnati and and maybe produce it and promote it in a certain way that would maybe resonate with the Cincinnati community. So let's try it. So we uh, we tried that at our home church. Um, and um, thankfully, it, uh, it was super, super, uh, I guess you would say successful. It was very well accepted. People yeah. came from People came from many, many different states. We thought it would just be the Cincinnati Homeschool Convention, but that first year we had folks that showed up from seven different states. Wow. So we 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 very quickly pivoted to calling it the Midwest Homeschool Convention in Cincinnati, and then we moved to the uh, Duke Energy Convention Center in year three. Dang! Wow. And then uh, and then began uh, and that was that was pretty nerve wracking. I mean, you gotta you gotta. You got to work hard, trust the Lord, and drink plenty of prep to Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> uh, um, but that was that was uh, well accepted, and then we've expanded into. Uh, so we have we have a convention at the Duke Energy Convention Center in Cincinnati. Um, we have one at the Greenville Convention Center in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. We have one at the uh, Kalari Conference and Resort Center. Beautiful place. In, uh, yeah, in Round Rock, Texas. And uh, then the St. Charles Convention Center in St. Charles, Missouri, and the Ontario, California Convention Center. We, um, to your point, we did we did uh, have seven conventions 
Um, until this year, we backed it back down to five conventions just because COVID, uh, COVID hit us uh, pretty hard, just like everybody else. And, um, and so, uh, unfortunately, regretfully, we had to, uh, we had to sort of uh, rebuild and get healthy uh, and pull back to the five conventions. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask um, for the, in the, over the last two years, which I mean, 2020 sparked a whole new a conversation wave, wave, of yeah. um, homeschooling. And I was looking up uh, just numbers and statistics last night and even this morning and on uh, like Forbes and census.gov and all these like trusted sources of you know surveys. Um, sure. Homeschool numbers have obviously drastically risen um, and I didn't pick one number because they were all kind of different fluctuating numbers, but all agreed that they have gone up drastically. Have you guys seen that in your registrations with a lot of new families coming to the conventions? We are, we are getting a lot of, uh, we are getting a lot of new families, which with homeschooling, you, you somewhat tend to see a new influx every year. Sure. It's almost like the bottom third of those convention attendees is kind of always churning um, because uh, they people graduate their kids right. or uh, people get to a certain point where they may, you know, in high school, they may sort of do a, a dual enrollment thing with uh, with homeschooling and public school or even homeschooling in a, in a you know, local college, community college. So but yes, there, there have been an awful lot of uh, new folks just if if the emails that we receive are, uh, are any indication. And, uh, and of course some of the uh, Facebook comments and things that we, that we get as well. Yeah. So we actually started, um, I mean, we had all, we had always had a private, our kids in private school and, um, we started homeschooling this past year. I mean, mainly due to our, uh, travel schedule. Um, that there's a, there's us. a story with that too. When you first homeschooled, you remember, and I made you so mad. And then she's like, I'm sending okay. them to school now. <laughs> <laughs> the story for a different show that's the that's Maybe the threat marriages. that's the threat if you if you guys don't behave i'm going to send you to school <laughs> that's right but um w- well we so we started homeschooling this year one of the things was our travel schedule but then the other one was when i actually started looking into what they were learning i mean obviously i was always involved but like the amount of useless information that they were spending seven hours a day learning like when Truth. Isaiah, our oldest, came home with a project that he had to write Bible verses in Chinese on popsicle sticks. I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, <laughs> done. But like, man, just man, so much man. useless information. You were you were mainly done because of the way they had you do that. Because she's like, can I just glue the sticks together? They're like, no, you have to actually yeah. tether them together. <laughs> and if you don't tether them, you fail. She's like, I forget mean, let's this. Let's be real. When they come home with projects, that was hilarious. who's doing the project? The mom is doing the project. <laughs> <laughs> like, I built his solar system. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, but um, I so I just wanted well, when I was looking up these numbers yesterday, um, it talked about all the different reasons why people homeschool. And when you say the word homeschool, there's a stigma that people homeschool because they're like super alt right and they don't like the curriculum and they want it to be about a religious education. Which I mean, I think there's validity to that with all the crazy education with yeah. Um, uh, critical race theory and all the stuff that's coming out now, like transgenderism, yeah, all that crap. There is yeah. validity. Do people want a good, solid moral education? But um, then it brought up all these other reasons that actually religion is one of the lower base ones. One of, one of them was like scheduling with kids and like what we did, we travel a lot. We wanted to have more flexibility. And then um, 
what was the other one bullying or things like, you know, just different reasons why people homeschool. And, um, but I think for what we see mostly is the, the new families coming to homeschooling are a lot of it is, is because of what is being pushed now in our school systems and the, I don't even, the agenda, I guess, is a, a, a outright agenda that is being pushed to our kids. And I guess my question was, a lot of these families, when you say you get messages or emails, do you see a lot of families come because of what is being pushed to our kids? You know, it it was, it, that is certainly a factor. I don't know that we have drilled down, um, you know, on like, we don't have like a survey or anything where sure. we've asked them that specifically. That might be a good thing to do uh, this year with the conventions that could be, we, we have typically, we didn't do it this last year, but we've typically sent out a after convention survey and that would yeah. be, maybe be something fun to drill down on. Um, I think, in, in, you know, initially many people homeschooled from a, a religious basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I wanted my children, our children to know that they were created in the image of their heavenly father, yeah. not that they evolved, you know, from pond scum. Right. So that was, there was that, there was that, there was that, there was that foundation. However, then people started, people started to understand that um, beyond that fundamental Judeo-Christian foundation, Mm -hmm. you could actually get a great education Mm -hmm. and you could do it a little bit, a little bit more effectively. I mean, literally in in a couple hours a day, two or three hours a day, you could accomplish what the school uh, was doing in an entire day. And I think you make a very, very good point, Carrie, that, you know, it's it's not just public schools. A lot of private schools are sort of having some of this indoctrination mm-hmm. um, seep into what they're doing. Now, I, I will tell you this, just completely candidly, um, when we first looked at homeschooling versus maybe doing private school, um, one of the things that we came to grips with was, you know, if we did private school, and then, you know, Mary Jo and I would both be working and doing everything we could to help pay for private school. Or if we homeschooled, get rid of that second income, but also we don't have to worry about paying for private school. Right. And then the kids always have their mama there. Um, so that was, you know, that was a, um, you know, I, I admire uh, and respect the financial sacrifices that that homeschooling families go through for the sake of their children. Yeah, um, and you know we were we were there as well. Um, but you know what? You just at a certain point. I, I know not everybody can homeschool, mm-hmm. um, but most can. And at a certain point, you just really yeah. got to decide. You know what's important. I want to throw something to Mary Jo real quick too. I was One just going to ask her this because she did all look. She did all the work. They say homeschooling. That was my next for, question. Mom, mom does all the work. Dad takes all the credit. Right. So um, I love the fact that Mary Jo was able to really tailor um, homeschooling efforts to each of our children. Um, mm. uh, our middle one in particular would uh, I'll, I'll throw the ball to her. No pun intended. Um, talk about some of that. Um the thing that I like about homeschooling, like we have three children and all three learn differently. So the first year I started homeschooling, like we, I did invest in like this curriculum going, oh, all three of these, all three of our children are going to use the same curriculum. They're all three going to learn the same way. And that's not the truth. 
they all learn, all three of them learn differently. You know, my, my oldest is a very black and white, you know, everything's black. There are no gray areas anywhere. So science and math was his thing. Our middle son um, is arts, language arts, you know, music, art, you know, that was him. And uh, our daughter is a mix of both. But um, our middle son, um, I think had he been in school, he would may have been labeled like attention deficit. Yeah. Um, and I would watch him and as a little boy, like he was reading when he was four and he would be oh. sitting in the chair and he would start getting wiggly. And I would say, do you have a wiggly bottom? And he would say, yes. So I would make him run laps around the house or I would make him go shoot basketball or um, I would throw a baseball mm -hmm. to him, which by the way, I have a killer fastball. Yes, you do. I'm sure you do. Shameless. So, um, <laughs> she is now accepting applications to her yeah, pitching school. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, he just had so much energy. I mean, he was just one of these children that had so much mm -hmm. energy that he would, he would do his work, but he would get, you know, he was a boy, you know, he was designed to be active and he was designed you know, to, to be outside. And, and I did, uh, I did take on Charlotte Mason quite a bit with that, where she said, boys learn better when they're outside mm -hmm. and when they're outside and they're able to, to release some of the energy that they have. And, um, you know, I remember once I was making him do laps around the house and I forgot about him. So I'm washing dishes and all of a sudden there he goes, whoo. And I'm going, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm like, it's you can come in now. But, um, he, uh, did, he did go to high school his last two years where he did set track track records. Now so, he needs trauma therapy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, imagine this kid, I wonder how long I want to do this. Mom. <laughs> well, listen, he did set track records in high school. So, you know, it's okay. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it was, I was able to tailor it to them where, um, you know, like I said, Spencer and, and he's living in uh, St. Petersburg and he's very successful and, and he works on computers and it's computer science and, and it's math and, and he's doing wonderful things. And then Sawyer, like with language arts, uh, I think he scored perfect on reading comprehension on the SAT and, and now he's an attorney in New York City. And Annie is, Jeez. yeah, Annie is, um, going back for her master's degree in reading and um, reading and gifted education. She is a uh, intervention teacher right now in a public school. Yeah. She's the lazy one, right? Yeah. 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 Go Annie. Yeah. So I hope she watches, Annie, I hope she watches this. I hope she watches this. <laughs> um, so anyway, but she, you know, it, it has been a, an eye opening experience for her to be in a public school like that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing, you know, what she sees and um you know and and god love the teachers that are in there and dealing with it you know and there are a lot of good ones out there but um so yeah so we were able to tailor each education to each child and then they chose you know through that chose the path that god wanted them on and so and i, I look i think it's important to note that within the context of great homeschool conventions we are in no way shape or form anti-teacher Right, um, man. Oh, no. no, our daughter's a teacher. There are there are so many lazy, awesome teachers in the public school system mm -hmm. that love the kids. Yeah, love God, are doing everything that they can possibly do to uh, to really you know teach these kids in the best way that they can. So we, it's just we believe that there should be yeah. choices. 
Right. And um, I, I don't believe that I, I do not believe for a minute that, oh, my goodness, you know, it's a it's it's the worst thing you can do if you send your kids to public school and shame on. Right. No, 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 no. Every, every family has got to figure out what they're doing, um, you know, before God and and with each other. Uh, we believe we believe homeschooling is is a fantastic option. It was a great option for us. Now. Again, when uh, when the kids got to, we, we homeschooled one all the way through. We homeschooled one until he was midway through high school, and then he kind of did homeschool and a public school mix. Um, and then Annie was almost all the way through. So, um, yeah, I just, I believe parents need to be trusted to make the yeah. decisions that are best for their family and for their children. So, yeah. so guys, this is going to be a, a kind of an off question, but in a, in, it's still in the same vein, I hope. <clears throat> a lot of people, so, so you, you were telling your story about how you started and all these other things you were saying, you know, you, I, I'm imagining Mary Jo going, okay, Brandon, let's go try that. Let's go do that. And I can imagine the ride you've been on for the last 14 years, both of you. But a lot of people out there get scared about doing things, maybe stepping out, just homeschooling. I mean, did you guys... And, and, and I talk about this a lot, but I want to hear your side of this. I didn't hear a giant, you know, a, a lightning bolt from heaven say start self-evident. You know, it just was. It just happened. I felt there was a need. We started it. Was that the same thing for you guys? And what made you overcome fear? Because I'm sure you've had years, especially probably through COVID, like fear just hits you. Not fear in a, in a, in a shrink back way. It's a what's going to happen next type of thing. You know what I mean? And sure. a lot of people get scared because they see those things first instead of just stepping out and trusting first. Mm-hmm. You know what? What made you two? And I would love to hear both sides of your story. What made you two like say, "We're going to do this no matter what. We're just going to do it." <laughs> well, well, we were we were fortunate. You know, there are there are times that doors open, and um, if you had told me 14 years ago that we would be at this point. Um, I'm, I'm, we never, we didn't step out and get to where we are, you know, immediately. What I remember a friend of mine in the music business that, uh, that wrote songs and performed for years and years and years. And, and then finally had a smash hit after about 15 years of, of obscurity. And, uh, and you know, he laughingly talked about being a 15 year overnight sensation. Right. <laughs> um, now. I don't, I don't think our homeschool conventions are an overnight sensation or a sen- you know, a sensation in any respect, but no, we started with just stepping out, doing something that was relatively small, um, at our local church. Um, we had, you know, a pastor who had a heart for ministry and for stepping out and, and allowing people to do some different things. And he embraced that. That's cool. And, um, it, it's just been putting one foot in front of the other uh, ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, it's from that perspective, it has been a bit of a natural progression. I, I will tell you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sleepless nights um, where, you know, on, on one hand, you, you have to trust the Lord. On the other hand, you got to work your rear end off. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then hopefully the, 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 uh, those two things come together uh, and, and you have some level of, uh, some level of success or some level of effectiveness uh, by by both working hard and praying hard. So, mm-hmm. MJ. Um, well, I trust Brennan, and I've always 
I've always told people he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever known. So he's like, let's do this. She does say that. She does say that. And I'll say, she she grew up very sheltered. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Kentucky. Say no more. Yeah. Um, but he's just like, hey, let's do this. And I'm I'm like, okay. I mean, it's just like trusting him. And then I think it was our third year we ended up going to South Carolina. So we were actually starting at the Duke and going to a different location. And then the following year, he's like, Hey, let's go here. And I'm like, okay. So it's just um, you know, like I do trust him and I, you know, I know that he's good at what he does, and it it wasn't even like a thought of, Oh, should we do this? It's like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. You know? And then, um, you know, so then we have grown. And so, yeah, I, I don't have as many sleepless nights as he does, but, um, uh, yeah, I just trusted him and, you know, we just prayed it, we prayed about it. And I think that when you pray about it and God's in it, you do have a peace about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, you know, you have, um, someone like Brennan who knows what he's doing and you don't have to worry about it. You just trust him and you just go with it. So it was not that big of a deal for me. I was just like, okay, let's do this. And some, sometimes you'll, you'll have, you, you, you know, Massey, you know this, you have a piece about some things. And then there's sometimes when you ask the Lord to, if you think he's leading in a particular direction, you just, yep. you, you want him to look, here's, here's the direction I'm going. Would you please close the door? I mean, mm-hmm. this door appears to be open. Would you, you know, instead of sometimes praying for a door to open, uh, yep. ask him to, to close it. And then, look, I think when you work really, really hard um, and and then we have asked him to bless what we're doing and, mm-hmm. and, he, and he has not not because we are somehow worthy of blessing. But I think there have been a lot of good things that have happened. Look, I we have the most incredible group of, of speakers, you being one of them, speakers and exhibitors that have a huge heart. Um, for encouraging and equipping uh, these families. And, yeah. and um, man, would, I, I can't kind of, say enough about everybody. Which leads me kind of to my next question. For the people that, I mean, we have a lot of people that watch us, obviously, from the homeschool conventions yep. or from, like, our community here that homeschool. But we have a lot of people that we met other places that don't necessarily either homeschool or know what homeschool conventions are. So can you give a rundown of what a convention is and what it looks like? What it looks like, like yeah. Well, our conventions, uh, I, I can only speak to ours. Yeah. Um, our conventions have uh, dozens of really awesome speakers that over the course of three days um, lead workshops. And we have a we have a workshop set up for up to an hour. And then we take a 30 minute break and then we have another workshop for up to an hour. And there's usually anywhere from eight to 15 workshops going on at once. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is we want a homeschool mom or dad to sort of be able to, to pick a la carte. Yep. Um, you know, one mom might be looking for some tips on, on teaching math. Somebody, you know, maybe there's a dad in there who's thinking, Hey, this, this parenting topic sounds really, really good. Somebody else may be looking for something more, you know, apologetics oriented for their teen, whatever. Right. So there's eight to 15 different workshops going on uh, at once. And that, and that cycles through about every 90 minutes, you're going to have uh, a new, a new grouping of workshops available from which you can choose if you want to go to any of those or you don't have to go to any of them at all. If you would rather, you can go to uh, you can go to the exhibit hall and just sort of shop till you drop 
perused. Uh, taking a look at great curriculum, great resources, talking to talking to folks that help design those. And then the other thing we try to do is in the evenings, uh, we try to have a special event. Um, we have the this year we have the Real Mom Tour uh, with uh, Sarah McKenzie and Pam Barnhill. Wait, y'all just booked Tucker. Mm-hmm. We have uh, in Cincinnati. We have Tucker Carlson coming in on. Uh, How did you land that fish? So we uh, we we had to ask uh, uh, more than once, (laughs) but um, we're on. Look, we're honored to have Tucker with us. I mean, the the uh, you know the the most visible the most visible uh, guy in uh, sort of conservative uh, television at at the moment, anyway. Big draw. And Tucker's going to be talking about uh, homeschooling in today's political climate, or homeschooling and today's political climate. Yeah. Uh, we also have another phenomenal uh, special speaker this year uh, coming to Ohio and South Massey Carolina. Massey Well, we, uh, Dr. Dr. Carol Swain. Dr. Carol Swain is going to be um, at, at three events. And then Massey, you're going to be with us as well. <laughs> um, and um, uh, Slugs and Bugs. Uh, I don't know if anybody's paid attention uh, or, is, or is familiar with the Slugs and Bugs uh, uh, scripture uh, music ministry it's phenomenal uh and then on friday nights we have a comedian named andrew stanley uh who was homeschooled he's great. He's great. so uh it, we we try to not we want it to be equipping and encouraging and then we want to have some fun stuff thrown yeah. in there as well so that it's not uh so that it's not too heavy for three days yeah do you have another question I no I, I think i think it's cool because like when when people come i don't think they I get this a lot when we go speak or whatever, and I go hear another person. I'm like, I did not think it was going to be like that. You know, when people transform your your way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's unique because you think, man, I'm going to go over here and learn a class on whatever. You know what I mean? You get in there, and all these people that speak are very good, and they're mm-hmm. they're very engaging. They're very uh, what's the word? Equipping. Mm-hmm. They know how to equip yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so what I love about these conventions is each person you go see, no matter what it is. You're going to get rocked one way or another. And, mm-hmm. and it really I, what I love is seeing the parents change paradigms. Mm-hmm. So like I see a lot of parents. The first I remember the first year I went, I, the first time I ever went to a, a homeschool convention to speak, I was filling in for Jake mm-hmm. and I was in Ontario, California. <clears throat> we just did it. Right. But I remember we had to fill in. I don't know. Was it Juan Valdez? He was coming to do a, an apologetics thing. I had to fill in mm-hmm. for him. But I remember like, I don't know why, but we just started praying for people. Hey, do you guys need prayer? And people started lining up for prayer. It's like, well, hey, awesome. we'll do that too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people, each class, I, I mean, when just I went to go hear a couple of guys talk on government because I obviously I love history. Sure. And man, the 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 passion, the the conviction, the spirit, the anointing, it's all there. What I love about this convention is, is literally there's an anointing there, there's mm-hmm. there's power there. And when you even bring those outside guys like the comedians and all these other things, it's just icing on the cake because that whole meat of it is so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, I think in terms of the concept of having kids and homeschooling versus public school or private school, and like you said before, we're not super like dogmatic and like you have to homeschool. And if you don't, you know, your kids are going to turn out. I believe that. <laughs> well, I don't believe that. <laughs> um, but I do I do think there's a, a conversation to be had about that. These are our kids. They're not the state's kids. Come on. And they're not even uh, the Department of Education. It's not their kids. Truth. And so I think um, I kind of wanted you to speak to that for in obviously in a very graceful way that we try to do to encourage people to homeschool. But like, can you speak to that? 
concept of homeschool versus public school. Like Truth. parents have to know that this is what you are putting your kids into. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is a very valid conversation of like, this is what public school is, just so you know. Now there's a concept of, yes, put your kids in public school, but be super involved. Yep. And training your children at home. But can you speak to that if you're if we're talking to a family who's maybe not on not ready to jump into homeschooling, what would you say to them in a obviously in a graceful way? There are two things that come to mind there. Um and and then I'll flip it over to Mary Jo because I'm sure there's something a lot smarter and a lot more obvious that I'm missing. Um but I hear people from a from a from a religious perspective that sometimes say, well, you know, my, you know, my kids are going to be, a, they're going to be a light in the public school. They're, you know, th that's going to be their mission field. And I have heard some people, um, and, and I don't have the quote at my fingertips here, but I have heard some people that I felt like provided a nice counterbalance very gracefully to that by, by reminding people that, you know, th there could be, I'm not saying that it's always the case, but there could be people within that public school system um, that are adults, that are you know teachers or administrators, um, that view that as their mission field and are mm -hmm. and are wanting to impact um, kids in a in a way that that perhaps the the parents do not want to. Um, I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm saying that's a possibility. Yeah. Don't please don't misconstrue there. The other thing is when they say, well, it's a mission field. My kid's going to be salt and light and blah 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 blah. Um, was that you know Jesus? Jesus did not call children to be his disciples and go take the gospel. Um, Ooh, you, great point. You you can't you you you, you know when when uh, when a child belongs in in the greenhouse environment where you know it, they're uh, they're being nurtured and growing stronger and stronger and then they're ready to withstand uh, the storms of being outside of uh, outside mm -hmm. of that uh, environment. The second thing that I would encourage somebody to do if they really want to sort of dig into this, um, I would read a guy named John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O. Um, John Taylor Gatto, um, the late John Taylor Gatto, was the New York City Teacher of the Year, I want to say twice, and maybe then the New York State Teacher of the Year three or four times. He, anyway. He was he was on more than one occasion the New York City and New York State Teacher of the Year, um, and then as he got older, he came to grips with some things that that bothered him, and he wrote a book called The Underground History of American Education, and he wrote another book called Weapons of Mass Instruction, Weapons of Mass Instruction, um, and what a great um, title, yeah. John John Taylor Gatto, and I, I think some of those may just be available even on on maybe on, at one point I think they had them on his website just sort of free if you wanted to download them and read them. Um, if not, I'm sure they're very very affordable. But he sort of speaks to the whole to the whole uh, public school scenario and and is a and and critiques the system that he actually was teacher of the year in. Yeah, and he can do it I think authentically. Yeah. Um, as a, you know, it, it, if I were to say something, somebody may say, well, hey, you know, you're doing these homeschool conventions and that's not, you know, you have an yeah. agenda. So, yeah. so I kind of try to turn that on. Yeah. Head and say, Look, don't listen to me. Go go read what this teacher of the year said. Right. Am I missing right. something there? Uh, so, Mary Jo's. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
do you no i was just going to say when when people come up to me and say oh i can't homeschool i know i want to and i just always tell them i have a high school education i don't have any other formal education outside of high school um and my oldest son of course graduated from college and is very successful in tampa and i always tell people about him when i grow up i want to be like him because he's got such an amazing heart he is just such an amazing young man um our middle son graduated from penn law school um top 10 percent, and is now working at a uh very very prestigious law firm in new york city and then our daughter is going like i said back for her master's degree and one of the things that i tell people it's you know education was very important to us but we covered our homeschooling in prayer and it was, you know, God, we feel like this is what you want us to do. You know, please bless our efforts. And, you know, then you're able to tailor their education to them. And then, you know, and I always used to tell my kids, hey, this is the path your daddy and I have you on. But you have to be in touch with God to know where he wants you to end up. Mm. Like, you know, this is the path we have you on. And if you decide to veer to, you know, whichever way, you know, that's that's what you have to do. But um I just always tell moms who say, oh, I just don't think I can. I mean, you can. And like I said, I just covered it in prayer. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. God, God was with me the whole time. And, and yeah. I have to give him credit for, for everything. So I think uh, so. I was going to talk about to what Brennan was talking about. I think what happens is we uh, how do I say this? If the kids don't have a good foundation, how are they going to challenge the system? And, and, and what, what I'm saying is adults have a hard time challenging the system as Christians. Right. So when then we're saying, let's go send our kids to a public school, I'm saying the yeah, argument right. is really yeah. ridiculous. And I'll say why. Because can you undo 40 hours of public school teaching, right, in two hours of Sunday school and maybe an hour with your family a night and teaching? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, they'll emulate my lifestyle. But eventually something's going to win out unless the spirit of God keeps them right a, a joseph experience right yeah. where he keeps them but it's such a it's such a because i was reading that book you gave me brennan about uh, the transgenderism by abigail schreier i was reading that book and i was going through it and i was like how subtle these things come in mm -hmm. right and they, they're telling the kids they're not telling the parents mm -hmm. and so if if something bad's going on i notice my kids i have to pull the truth out of my kids like what's going on in your life what you know tell me just tell I always tell them, you're not going to get in trouble if you tell me the truth. If you tell a lie, I'm going to whoop your bottom. <laughs> if you tell me the truth, you're not in trouble. It's really kind of a bad point to say my kids will be a light in a public school, right? But if they don't see you being a light in the world, how are they going to do it? And you're not in a lot right. of ways. And that, I think that's so – and I don't like – I'm not attacking here. What I'm saying is don't be deceived in thinking that it's going to be easier. Let's just get real. Sometimes for most parents that say that, it's easier for them to ship them to a public right. school because they can get right. fed, they get taught, whatever, and then they go home. Right. But, but it's a terrible thing to do. It's so, I mean, it's like so risky like to send your kids to a public school in hopes that they'll be the light or maybe that's your prayer. But like the risk analysis, like to do some like perspective thinking, like it's so risky to expect your kids to be the light again in 40 hours a week of in mass indoctrination like yeah it's crazy. yeah no we have we have a listener right now who's watching she works in a public school k through five she says these kids are unruly you know there's all these other things yo like if your kid's going to be a light with 40 other unruly kids 
you're you're it's, just it's, it's a, a lot of pressure on a kid yeah like yeah. I, 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 i'm i'm going i'm getting to a point because i want you guys to kind of chime in on this if i'm teaching my kid to be something when he's like 10 it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid to say you got to transform your school go for it kid and he's like right. I'm, I just learned how to brush my teeth well, <laughs> and you want me to go, you know what I mean? Right. What's say you to that? Because I think that's what's really the, at the core of it. Most parents, they're just afraid to do it, and it's okay. I love talking against fear on the show. I love talking about faith. So can you speak to that a little bit? Look, I, I think uh, there, there are a couple things that come to mind. Um, I don't know if the quote was original with her, uh, and and um, and she's 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 not somebody that I've patterned anything in my life after. But the quote I like, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis said, "If you if you screw up raising your kids, I don't think anything else you do in life really matters much." Mm. Wow! Wow! Um, and I, I agree with that. Um, and then Francis Chan, who I do read a lot more of. <laughs> Um, had a quote that speaks to, and forgive me as I'm trying to wrap my head around it, uh, but he talks about, um, he talks about um, being successful at the things that don't matter, mm. and you know, truth, and uh, and that we we need to we need to really get our priorities in line and really yeah. figure out what matters and what do we want to be successful at. And look, I man, I get it. It's it's not easy. It's not. Um, but it's not hard either. There, I mean, there may be some sacrifices that you have to make, but you know what? You got to decide what's important. Come um, on, yeah. And um, I, you know, you're, to, to your point, Massey, we're asking some kids to you know go save their school, right, or go be a when when they're not equipped, and we're we're really we're really setting them up to fail. Unfortunately, we really are. Yeah. And dude, so, these kids depend on that. Uh, affirmation mm -hmm. and we're putting all this pressure on these kids right. when it's like how about we disciple them first i mean even paul wasn't ignorant enough who, who knew the law took 13 years out before mm -hmm. he even started preaching yeah. really yeah. so it's like we're these kids we're sending them off to anyways we, i kind of belabored the point can you guys give us a couple of because uh, i know mary mary joe you, you were saying uh brennan you kind of said it too y'all covered your, your your homeschooling in prayer y'all did things in prayer there's some parents watching right now. How, what's some practical things y'all did that they can start initiating in their family? I'm saying they have to do it your way, but at least just some practical yeah. steps, man, because sometimes it's hard. Other like, than running laps and forgetting about them. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm talking about like prayer. Did you guys like eat yeah. dinner at night? Did you guys like what was it about yeah. community that y'all built in your house? Because obviously the fruit is your kids. Yeah. Right. Except for Annie. The lazy one. <laughs> she's going to get me for this. I, just, yeah, I know listening. it. She's listening. Um, well, you know, I covered it in prayer. Um, like I said, I think it was very important for us, um, like, to keep our children involved in church. Um, you know, we tailored each uh, kid's curriculum to them. And, um, you know... And I, I just have, I have women all the time saying, hey, I don't think I can do it. I'm that person. I am the most unorganized person you'll ever meet in your life. And I, 
I get overwhelmed if I think about homeschooling for 12 years. And, and so my goal, and I know, I know that a lot of homeschoolers don't like this, but my goal was one year at a time. Like I felt like God had called me to do that, but um, I would get, I got overwhelmed if I thought, you know, about homeschooling. Now I would always think about my children and pray for my children. Hey, this is what, you know, we feel God wants us to do. But, um, you know, we just kept them involved in church, you know, and when you're with your child all the time, like they're going to pick up what you're doing. Like if you're reading your Bible, like that was part, we were part of a co-op and one of the best English teachers that hands down that you could ever have was a woman with a high school education. She had seven children, but her, uh, English writing literature class was probably college level. Mm -hmm. So my kids were privileged enough to be under her. Wow. And um, so, you know, and she was a Christian. And one of the things that she would have them do is read scripture. And then, you know, like uh, when you're reading poems or whatever, and you have to just decide, you know, how that poem, what is that poem saying? She would have them read Psalms. Like every day they had to read Psalms to kind of get them in that, um, you know, poetic mind frame, if you will. Yeah. But um, so we surrounded our, our children with um, people that believe like we believe, um, people who were, we were okay with just leaving them in their care and, you know, godly women and, and men. Uh, like their guitar teacher was a Christian who just left a huge impact on their lives. So it's finding those people um, that invest in your children also. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's good. Well, I, Annie, I think I tipped her off. Annie, Annie's, I think, frustrated with me right now. <laughs> she comment? She's commenting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that girl. There goes our concert. <laughs> goes our yeah, there we go. We're done. It's it. It's over. <laughs> Sorry, Annie. Awesome. don't be okay. mad at me. Okay, right, well, um, no, I was just going to ask you guys to give a shout out of how people can register for yes. conventions. Perfect. Uh, go to greathomeschoolconventions.com. Greathomeschoolconventions, plural. Greathomeschoolconventions.com. Uh, we have the South Carolina convention coming up in March. The Missouri convention is in March. The Ohio convention is in April. The California convention is in June and Texas is in July yep. at the water park, the Kalahari water park and resort there, which is, That's which is pretty game. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and when you register, so a few things, one, you can get a full convention registration either for just for mom or for the whole family or, and, and that full convention registration includes workshops and the shopping hall. Uh, and then there's some optional special events that you can add. There are also some special events that are, in, that are included. The, the Worldview Teen Track is included, Massey. Um, the yep. uh, Comedy Night with Andrew Stanley is included. Um, they're, they're, uh, Dr. Carol Swain, hearing Dr. Carol Swain is included. Um, there, is, uh, there are tickets that are a little bit extra there for Tucker Carlson. Uh, for, that's in Cincinnati only. Now, um, if, you, if you don't feel like you can do the full convention because maybe you don't have enough time, you can get a shopping only pass and you can just shop till you drop on, uh, on Friday or Saturday. If you, if you come on Thursday, we have free shopping on Thursday. So we have free shopping on Thursday. Um, pardon me. Free shopping from five to eight on from Thursday. five to eight. Yeah. yeah from five o'clock to eight o'clock on Thursday. Um, so yeah, they can, they can register there. 
two other quick things. If you are military or former military, um, then you, um, you'll see on our website, there is a 50% military discount on your convention registration. Um, that's, that's just, that's just our way of, uh, saying thank you. I know that a 50% discount isn't going to necessarily change somebody's life, but we love the men and women that have served Mm -hmm. and are serving, um, in our military. Um, we, uh, if you would like to attend, but, uh, money's a little bit tight, you can volunteer. And if you volunteer, uh, what do they work? Uh, four hours. They work a four-hour volunteer shift, and then they get they get a, a full convention registration um, in exchange for the uh, the four-hour volunteer shift. And they they'll find that on the website. And then, last but not least, um, special thanks to the wonderful sponsors that we have, including our title sponsor, MetaShare. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a pastor's family, uh, then uh, you attend. As our guest, um, my dad was a pastor, um, so I'm a, I'm a PK. Uh, you you attend as our guest, compliments of the great homeschool conventions and the wonderful oh. folks at MetaShare. That's so, um, so I get in for free. There, yeah, there you go. I'm a pastor, <laughs> I am. So um, yeah, yeah, I some, am. Some some special stuff there that we try to for for pastors and military and volunteers. Yeah. Um, we have That's never cool. we have never in 14 years. Uh, there's never been anybody that uh, couldn't attend because you know money was tight. All we, yeah. we just say, hey, look, can you can you work a, can you help us out with a four-hour volunteer shift? And if you can yeah. do that, I will tell you. I remember one year we had so many people that it, it, it was just a a ton of people wanted to volunteer, and uh, we probably had. Usually, we don't have enough volunteers. That year, we had more volunteers than we needed, but we we never. We'll, we'll look. There's always something that you can do, and. Uh, we we need the help um, to uh, to make the convention uh, to make the convention happen. So yeah, next time if they have extra volunteers, set up a massage booth and like a pedicure, <laughs> manicure. Station. There you go. You guys nice. got it done. done. I'm telling you. So guys, thank you for yeah, believing in us. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was <clears> gonna <throat> say thank you for coming on, <clears throat> for having us, um, and believing in us yeah, too. Yeah. Like that's it's uh, that's a big. Step. Oh, we love you guys. We are yeah. look. We are honored, Massey, that uh, you and. Uh, your wife are, are, you know, with us at these conventions. We, we love your heart. We love your passion for the Lord, your passion for these families, your passion for these kids. Um, and, um, it, it's, it's people like you that, you know, look, we're, we're facilitating this thing. I, I don't lead workshops. Mary Jo doesn't lead workshops. We, we count on having uh, people that are gifted and intelligent and have a heart for the Lord and a heart for these families, um, to, uh, to to uh, to do the great job that you do. So thank you. Thank you guys. We will see you next God, month. Dude, March. Wow. Yeah, month. We gotta go order some product. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Oh, yeah, Everybody get a merch. Well, kind of. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. And so there it is. Like it's it's so easy in in a lot of ways. What, what I love is people want that, you know, in America, we got that microwave type mentality, like everything has to happen the way it happens, because if it's peace is when everything is laid out for you. That's how people yeah. think it's really not. Yeah. You hear their story. They're 14 years into this. Right. Mm-hmm. Trials, tribulations, errors, whatever, COVID. Mm-hmm. And they're still persevering and their kids are done, yeah. but they still continue to do it. Yeah. Why? Because kids are important. Yeah. No, I was just even when they're talking, I'm thinking of the concept <clears throat> of, you know, homeschool versus public school. And I think a lot of people think in terms of 
seven hours that I have to homeschool my kids seven hours. And um, that's just not the case. But um, all the stuff that they're learning in public school, you know, that meme that goes around like, teach me how to do my tax, you know, student, teach me how to do my taxes. How do I start a business? How do I invest? How do I uh, like, you know, cook dinner for my kids? And then teacher, here's a recorder, play Mary had a little lamb. Like, there's (laughs) so much like, I mean, there's just so much that homeschooling allows you to do for your family, for your kids to set them up up for success. Bingo. That uh, public school and often even um, private school does not. There's just the schooling, the way schooling is done in, um, um, I I mean, I would say maybe the Western world, but for sure America is just so outdated almost. It is outdated. And they're trained. What they're really doing is training people to work for someone else. Yeah. You get used to the schedule of nine to five or seven to five or whatever it is. Right. Right. Then you have these extracurricular activities afterwards. You're killing these kids. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the name, but I mentor a kid now and his schedule is just insanity. Right. Because of school, then he's got sports, but his is all year round. Right. So it's like, the, one of the biggest issues we're running into is these kids don't even have time to be kids anymore. Yeah, right? right. Our kids are being taught not only schooling, but then they get taught the word. Yeah. Then they get taught prayer. They get taught right. business. I'm yeah. trying to teach them how to do business. And right. we were having a conversation yesterday about, you know, if you tell someone you can do this for a hundred dollars, right. And it'll take me four hours, but you get it done in two, you still made a hundred dollars right. and you're getting paid 50 bucks an hour rather than 25. Right. You know, it's like you're, you're, you're getting these concepts in their heads of hard work, dedication, using your talents for the Lord, all these, and you get to teach them yourself. Yeah. You get to and show them things, their hearts and their <clears> minds. <throat> and from, you know, you just all overall a better option in protecting your kids. Now, again, going back to the concept of I'm not condemning anyone for sending their kids. No, to not school. at all. And in fact, that's why a lot of times we go out and Massey speaks in public schools when the doors, when God opens the doors, we speak in private schools when God opens yep. the doors. And it's really like f- facilitating something for your kids if they're in public school that's why Truth. we started a constitution course because again they you we need to counteract what they are being taught in public school so yeah, there is that there is that too so like think about this and it's not again it's not a condemnation there are a lot of parents who just single working mom whatever yeah, it's tough right. uh, we get all that right. right so let's get you some resources too. then I reach out say, there's so many resources i was going to say yeah so like even these homeschooling conventions if you don't homeschool your kids there are so many resources that you can have your kids do to counteract what they're learning, right? Yeah, yeah. Because what's happening is they are getting taught all this and then you have to go back and insert your values every yeah. time they're taught something yeah. stupid. Uh, one of our, the, uh, our children's pastor at, at the church, yeah. she said her kid came back. He's in fifth grade. He's like, hey, mom, they're going to teach us about sex ed next week. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. And she was like, wait, what? And yeah. he's, she goes, he's, he's 11. He's 10, 10 11 yeah. years old. I don't want him to be. So in a lot of ways, he's thinking, okay, I'm going to get taught this. He's so naive, you yeah. know, a little yeah. Brandon, you know, he's just, Brandon, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's just a little naive kid in, in a good way, very uh, innocent, naive. And now they're going to interject this stuff in yeah. this kid's mind yeah. that he doesn't need. You know what I mean? So now we got to counteract. And so what we're saying is when you go to these, even if you're a public school person, you look up a mom, take a weekend and come to one of these things. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. find out so many cool, like little tricks you're going to find little curriculums you can do with your kids bible studies you can right. do with your kids games you can do with your they got these really cool games that are happening now uh like the interactive games yeah. with like board games like yeah. there's some fun stuff there too so we're honored to be a part of ghc yeah. we love so that they for, came um, on i was just so. gonna give a quick rundown so for what massey does he does the um teen track at the conventions and what the teen track is is literally a he speaks what six times six five six times <laughs> like during 100. the hundred during the convention i'm late for some of them 
And, and I know, <laughs> I know she's watching. <laughs> we were late for one. <laughs> I like showed up, got out of the car. She Carrie kicked me out and I had to run to the class in my sweatpants and did the class. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. So I was in Missouri and Kim called and Kim was like, uh, where are you? I was like, I don't know. We're driving. We're almost there. <laughs> and she's like, uh, Mary Jo's looking for you. Your class started five minutes ago. And we're like, Yep, I like ran to the yeah. class and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna learn about history. I mean, look at me. I'm not exactly a track runner, Mary Jo. It was hard. Okay. She's watching in the green room right now. <laughs> okay, so but uh what I was gonna say is he does a teen track and it's a, a whole concept that they put together for specifically teens, and it's on worldview, on how you look at the world, how you look at politics, how you look at religion, how you look at all you know, all the things you learn. So um, which is amazing portion of the whole conventions it's really instead of just reaching parents they put a whole portion together to reach the youth which i think is glorious and so that's what massey does a teen track on all the issues abortion um we do one on uh the, separation yeah. church and state he does one on we're doing some new ones socialism too. this next year we're doing one on the miracles of the founding we're yeah. doing uh i'm going to break down more of an expose on why the constitution and the, the, the declaration was started so we're going through 700 years of history to now so we're doing a lot of cool new things it's not that the message is changing we're yeah. actually tailoring the message to what people want to hear because i do a ton of uh different messages and some of them kind of bleed so i'm taking that out mm -hmm. uh and putting in some real meat with these things yeah. and scripture so a lot of things are going to come together and i've had atheists come to the to the you know definitely we've definitely got into some really good conversations slash arguments slash they hate me kind of conversations texas was one of them ironically but that's a good thing because we're pricking the conscience and they're waking up and that's mm -hmm. a good thing and so we do our best to just navigate those questions and, you know, right. move forward. Which is, I, th I think, one of the issues in America and why, you know, I watched a video from Trey Gowdy, who is from South Carolina, yes, North Carolina, South Carolina. And he said the reason Christians conservative <clears throat> conservatives lose so much ground all the time is because they can't adequately defend their position. <sighs> they can't adequately present a position that makes sense. And then they just resort to name calling. And so really that's what it is that a lot of these can or just events in general that we do it's literally answering questions that people have even from the opposite side and you have to be polished enough and know your history enough and know your uh foundation of america enough to answer the Truth. questions and even the foundation of the bible so there it is that's it guys so guys if you guys want to tune into uh i'm sorry our podcast more we have a whole archive of them on youtube go ahead and go look uh, they it, it is weird. We're, we're getting more hits on SoundCloud, mm -hmm. uh, 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 Rumble, all those other places where Twitter, I'm sorry, where YouTube and Facebook, oh. we're getting throttled a lot, yeah. which it's OK. We'll keep doing these on these platforms. Mm -hmm. Right. So go ahead and subscribe on Rumble. If you're on Rumble, um, we're on tons of things. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We've got a lot of Apple Podcasts, people uh, subscribing, which is fun. So the message is getting out there. And guys, we're not Republican or Democrat. We're Christian constitutionalists that believe the word of the Lord. Yeah. And we're seeing God have hope for this. We're seeing people have hope again for this nation. Yeah. We're not believing uh, the lies that you're seeing in the media. And oh my gosh, it's the end. And no, no, look, it's just the beginning. Like this is, I believe God is setting us up right now for us to take a stand and show so he can show himself off to those who love him. Yeah. I believe people are standing up and awake because he does want to show himself right. strong. Right. And so don't be afraid of what's going on out there in the media. Start believing the word of the Lord that like, Hey, if he comes back, praise God, mm -hmm. praise God. But if he doesn't, let's take our nation back for Christ. Right. What? I was just thinking that when we were at the con uh, conference in Colorado and you're like, nobody was talking about the end times during when Trump was president. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody was talking about the end times. Nobody was saying it's the end times. Like, build your are... bunker. Right, right, right. Trump was All of a sudden, right, right. All of a sudden, one year of Biden. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is coming back. Set it up, guys. There's famines, pestilences. There's it's like, your whoa, dude. Like yeah. one guy is just one guy. Yeah. Why don't we reclaim that for the Lord and stand again? Trump was not, he was not the savior. Amen. Christ is, Amen. right? So let's focus on Christ and God. And I think that's the biggest thing is when you see people talk about government, it frustrates me because we're taking cherry-picked scriptures on what happened in the past, and then we're trying to apply them to today, and you can't do that. America mm -hmm. was not set up as a monarchy. Yeah. So a lot of the scriptures that they're talking about are talking about monarchies. We're not like that in America. We are the monarchy. We are the we the people is a real thing. Mm -hmm. So we're the ones who have to take that authority and say, Lord, you gave me liberty and freedom as a as a, as a right. Therefore, I have to stand for it. Right. Amen. So, Amen. guys, again, the self evident truth .com. Sign up for more uh, of our details. Become a sponsor. Torchbearer. We need your monthly support. Yeah. Go ahead and sign up. We got this uh, cool. We're going to start doing a matching grant here thing pretty soon. You guys are awesome supporters. We love you. God bless yes. you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Are they still in the green room? Yeah. Put them on once. <laughs>